I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes they used to bowl a kaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rant room. Welcome to the rant room. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. That was hot, y'all. <laughs> that was some hot shit. Was it not? Mm. Okay, okay, audience. First of all, we was in here just rocking to the beat, okay? <laughs> we was doing like fishbone. We was kinking to the beat, wasn't we? <laughs> Welcome to Screenwriter's Rant Room, y'all. I'm your host, your boy, Hilliard Guest. And of course, like I just said, y'all listen to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 2015. 2015. Oh, Kevin brought that bass in there. Didn't he? Okay. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all over here with the, with the tenor. Okay. You bringing in the alto, okay. and he bringing in the, <laughs> he bringing in the bass. How <laughs> low can you go? <laughs> Death row with a buffalo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we finna get it in oh, today. Oh, my goodness. So I hope you guys enjoy that new song. That's from my boy Jack Spade. Go get that. Go cop that. I know. <laughs> Ain't that tight? It's cute. Isn't that cute. I love it. Yeah, yeah. We we were on um we were on we were on uh, on Twitter going back and forth, <clears throat> and he sent me his his new his latest album. I was like, dude, all these are jams. So I started playing them at the end of every episode, like mm-hmm. three or four episodes, and um like my favorite, like four or five, and. Um, so I, we, we were going back and forth at some point and I said, well, shit, dude, you know, uh, hook me up a theme song, you know, I'll blast it. He's like, really? I'll have it for you by the end of the week. Okay. It was like Tuesday when we were talking. Okay. He had it for me Monday morning. Wow. Wow. He wrote that shit quick. Where, where produced he, it. Everything. Where does he sell his, uh, um, jackspade.com, some shit like that. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, y'all know how we do it on the rant room mm-hmm. <clears throat> on this show. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So y'all hear a voice. That's my girl, Lisa B. Hello. Lisa Bolakaja. How you doing? Why you all soft? How your mama doing? (laughs) Okay, how your mama is and stuff like that. (laughs) That is I, people. We got her over here with her crazy little street note herself. So we got my also my man sitting in with us. So you guys have heard several times. What you've done about four or five times? Yeah, my man Kevin Killabrew, writer, producer, you know, animator, creator, all of that shit. You know, just gonna be on when it's just hanging today, just getting it in. Can I just say? Go ahead, speak, bitch. To my. <laughs> See, may I please say you to see my, how they, they, they're my, doing the most up in to here. my constituents? <laughs> Can I just say to all of you, the listeners here, <laughs> <laughs> these are my. I just I keep love picturing them with, the, with whiskers. <laughs> 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 no, I just this is just. I mean, I love coming here. I love kicking it with the peeps. I mean, you guys. I mean, this is so much fun. You guys just don't know, but of course, you hear it in the broad. The broad are the podcast. So mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to say. Okay. This is grooviness. Well, keep it real. That's all we got to say. 
So look, if you guys are grown, let's just go on ahead and get on into the show. So today, um, Kev came up with a cool little topic. I'm gonna let you let you spit it for the folks. What are we gonna do today? Me? Spit that I, rhyme. I, I'm, I'm gonna need you to. Uh, I go give me a couple bars. Look at of him. It. He's got his little headset over here. <laughs> no, because I have to look for something. And okay. I want you to, yeah. I want you you to... want me to keep spitting for him? Because he ain't even ready. Because Kevin does professional voiceover work too for a lot of stuff, and so he's always carrying his voiceover <laughs> stuff with him. He's so got he's a little packet. Know. I know. Don't he got kit. This, it's like he didn't know he's gonna break out with something. So, uh-huh. so what are you looking for over there? Uh, you know what? This morning I did have to do an audition for. Um, it was so funny because it was a. Uh, um, it was a Japanese thing, mm-hmm. and so they gave us a voice match. Not a voice match, but, you know, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because when you listen to the Japanese voiceovers, mm-hmm. clearly a stereotype. I wish I could bring it up and play it for you guys, but it was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, they were, they would give you this thing to look at. We want you to sound no, like this, that. No, this to listen to. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was like a dragon and mm-hmm. something else or whatever. What is it? What it was, it was is it animation or, or is it? Is it? It's, a, it's a game that you know we're uh-huh. not supposed to talk about. It oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. But it's it's but you listen to it and it was like oh yeah yeah yeah. And I was like so dramatic. Really? Yeah. It's all that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Americans don't do that. They do well, my child. Uh-huh. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like. When you're listening and watching anime, uh, and they're doing that kind of thing, they all have that same. Ah, yeah, it's very. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, mm. <laughs> they're like, we got to keep these kids awake. These bitches are going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we think that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you find it? I'm looking for it. This is the topic we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep keep it chopping up, chopping it up. Oh, bitch, I, he just spitballed it earlier, got, didn't he? Up his now he got to think about it. <laughs> I, I was liking the spitball version when you were just like, we just going to go in about this. Well, no, because this, this is important. This, okay, now I'm ready. Ready? Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> he said hell no. Hell no. It's happening to me. Oh, gosh. We're going to bring out we gonna talk about Whitney Houston? Okay, that's no. enough. No. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is you as a writer, as a creator of any sort, you have to have self-validation and love. The greatest love is to love your own thing because you cannot get the validation from the industry and the people that you're seeking it from. Mm-hmm. Quit trying to seek it from them because they're not going to give it to you. You will always be chasing the trend. True. I mean, this is a conversation they keep having over and over again Let me ask when you a question. writing. Let me ask you a question. All you right. just stirred a question for me all mm-hmm. of a sudden, already. Good. Why is it... <laughs> I'm asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> As Have you I ever know. noticed... This is, this is something we all can relate. Every last one. We can all relate to this. Okay. Why is it... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I go. I can't even do. I go. Why come? Uh, I go. Why is it? Do that again. I can't. I I go. Why come? I love it. Look. I go. Why is it that we all have that that issue where, like, say your. Your, your partner, your, your close friend, your family will tell you something's good and you don't believe it until somebody else because we always, tells you, you that it's good. Because you expect your family to say positive things to you. Some, some and, families is negative motherfuckers. Uh, well, that's true. But for <laughs> the know? most part, like, 
you really don't expect your family members to come up to you and say, you're just the shittiest writer ever. <laughs> Why are you doing that? I mean, they may uh-huh. think that deep down. <laughs> but they're going to be supportive and loving because you're family and they want to encourage you and have that. that. And so, and I think subconsciously that's where we're thinking, oh, of course my mom's going to say, you know, of course my sister, my brother, my cousin's going to say that. Of course Nana's going to say that because mm-hmm. I'm whatever. But I think when it's someone outside, outside who, who's not that close to you, mm-hmm. I think it just becomes more real. Well, you know, I mean, I do this thing. We all have our, you know, group of four or five people that we let read our scripts that we trust, whatever. Whether it be Pilar or whoever, uh, right? Her name would be Pilar Alessandra. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, um, but here's the thing. Like, my sister, Julie, what's up, Julie, is uh, an avid reader. Used to be part of, like, the Oprah's Book Club and all that stuff like that. So she reads, like, everything. So I actually send her, when I feel like my script is ready, I send her like probably my, my second or third draft just so she can see because I want to see if somebody who doesn't read scripts can understand what I'm doing mm-hmm. because she understands character and everything from reading so many books right. like you do. All right. So, um, I, and she is hard. She finds shit that I didn't fucking see, mm-hmm. which I'm always shocked. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that, she, that, that, that she understands how to read a script that way mm-hmm. from reading so many novels and books and short stories that, that she's able to still give me some thoughts well, and some even notes. even with, with novels and stuff, you got to remember, story is story is True story, that. regardless of whatever medium <clears throat> it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think someone who's an avid reader, someone who's really into stories, no matter what it is, screenplay, teleplay, script, anime script, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're going to get sucked in. It's always the same thing. What we always say over here, it's like you got the first page, okay? Yeah, got to grab them. You got, you got one in five people, mm-hmm. you know, to keep mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. I think across, and I mean, that's the same way with TV shows, the stuff that you're watching, not even scripts, shows that you're looking at. I think it's just something that, that's innate to people who like story. <clears throat> They're just going to find that. And I don't think it really matters, you know, unless it's technical writing. Yeah, or I mean, because I always tell everybody, um, <clears throat> like, people hit me up all the time on, on Facebook or, or, you know, they'll email me, you know, because they listen to the show. And they want to know, like, you know, I live in this small town, mm-hmm. you know, there's no screenwriters here or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, damn it, I bet there's a book club, you know. Mm-hmm. I believe that that is just as good. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not reading scripts, but they know how to tell you story and character. Right. And that's what, that's what you need. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They understand dialogue because some of the best your books have amazing dialogue in mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So go ahead, Kev. No, I'm just saying you're hitting on something I think is really important. You hit on something, too. She didn't and hit it, on nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting, hitting on, on them I'm chips. Hit, I'm hitting on a bowl of Doritos. She's hitting on them chips right there. Um, <laughs> the Doritos right here in front you, of me. You, story is story is story. And going back to self-love and self-validation, when you walk in and you talk to these people, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times um, I've said this before on the podcast sure. when it was like, you know, get out of here, you suck, and take your shitty shit with you. And I was like, well, shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Oh, yeah, shitty, <laughs> shitty, shitty, bang, bang, and get out of here. Um, crank it up. But now they're like, it's just not for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to know within yourself self-validation. And a story is a story is a story. Mm-hmm. So when I used to do animation and go in, mm-hmm. They would say just something like, well, when children see words, that means it's educational. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? They said, a story is a story. D- don't 
relegate animation to a ghetto for children. Because mm. there's a lot of people that love animation. Yeah, and true. it's just, you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. It's a medium mm-hmm. to tell the story. Do not let the medium, you guys, affect how you tell the story. A story is a story mm-hmm. is a story. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a short story, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a poem. A campfire. A ca- yeah, <laughs> it's a story. Mm-hmm. So you really, really have to embrace that first. Like you're saying, people go, well, I'm in a small town. Mm-hmm. Read any story. Mm-hmm. Read any story. Mm-hmm. Get Scripts the pieces are free of online, the story. Bitch. <laughs> and a book okay. is free at the library. True that. True that. It's free at the library. So you, so you really, really have to grasp that. But speaking of the self-love thing, and this is just for life in general. Okay, so you're in a small town. Like People mm-hmm. hit you up and they say, hey, look. I'm in a small town. I don't, what do they say? Let's, like, what are some of the well, things? Well, they'll generalize. They'll be like, hey, you know, um, I hear you guys talking about, you know, I, or they'll say, like, I've heard <clears throat> that I should be a part of a writer's group where I live in bumfuck whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Satan's what I mean? armpit. Yeah, Texas. there's no real other screenwriters <laughs> Man, here. That's really hardcore. Satan's <laughs> armpit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not Satan's I was just there. Or... <laughs> I was just in Satan's armpit, Texas, so I <laughs> ran into you know, a deer. And they're like, and they're like, um, you know, I live in, you know, a small town, whatever, there's no other screenwriters here. Now when I hear people say that, now in America, I'm like, there's nobody who's writing this because everybody thinks they can fucking write a script today. You know, <laughs> now, I'm not. I'm not saying that there probably isn't right. in every little small town. Right. You go in the middle of, you know, Idaho. Maybe there ain't nobody. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm 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 just talking about that person who's like, hey, I live in this small town in particular. There's nobody here. I put up things on Craigslist looking for, and nobody's responding. Well, here's the, here's the thing. For instance, here's the new <laughs> technology now. You can do Skype, uh, yeah. FaceTime, Face FaceTime. You can go on and put up something on Google Chat somewhere and say, "Hey, I want to put together mm-hmm. a cyber That's screenwriting right. group, mm-hmm. and we're going to be in such and such a day, and, you, and it's free, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get and you can look at each other, mm-hmm. and you can talk about it." So, I, I hate to sound all slapping people like, "Oh, it's just so hot for me out here," and I un- I understand that feeling, especially when you feel isolated. It is when you're a pimp, though. Yeah, well, it's hard out here <laughs> for a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to think, now you have access and technology. I remember back in the olden, olden days when, yeah, you couldn't go online and read a script. True. Last Where year. Where literally, if you did go to a library <laughs> or even a college library mm-hmm. and got a script, it was probably something written in the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. It was probably in, in film theory book. You might have got excerpts of some scripts and stuff. So, yeah, I can see it would have been difficult. But now technology is in such a way now that there's just no excuse for you not to be able to say, I can't do a writing group. Yeah, guess what? It might not be sitting at the coffee shoop, shop, uh, the, the, oh my God, these potato chips are just getting <laughs> up on me. I've got, got like Doritos. She got all kind of cheese all in the back of her throat. I'm trying to speak here. I mean, you may not have like a physical face to face group, but now you can do it in virtual reality. You can sit there and have people who not only in the United States, but across the world who are writing. And you can actually get the different levels of your writing level, you know. With the technology. So there's no excuse for them to say, there's nobody in my town. I cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a computer? Yeah. Do you have Wi-Fi access? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Guess what? You could do a virtual, you know, writer's group. True. But people don't want to work. They don't want to work. Can you say that one more again? People <laughs> don't want to It's too much work. work. It's effort. And here's the thing. Uh, Jeanette Bowman from mm-hmm. Script. What oh, is yeah, it? Script. Script Magazine. Script Magazine. Yeah. She said, "If you know, I'm trying to the, get her on the show. We keep. We oh, keep, you should get her on here. And Eric Koenig too. Okay, let's just go to her. Okay. But if you don't want to put in the work, then 
there are other ways to make money. There are other ways to make money that you don't need this headache because if you're thinking riches, you're thinking all that kind of stuff, once again, you have to be self, once again, back to our topic, mm -hmm. self-validation, self-motivation, mm -hmm. self-love. This is just for your life in general. If you're not utilizing those things, you're not going to be successful. But let me ask you though, how mm -hmm. do you, now I asked a question earlier <clears throat> or, or, or put up the, the, the statement earlier about how most of us have that thing where your close relative, your friend, your, your partner, whatever, could tell you how good you are. But until you get validated from somebody of some substance, you don't feel validated, right? Mm -hmm. And um, what were you just saying? You were just talking about something there. What was that? What was the last thing you were just talking about? Self-validation, self-awareness, self You just said something that just sparked something in me. And it just went away for some reason because that's how I am. I'm crazy like that. <laughs> if you don't do that, you don't. Is that what I was saying? If you don't do that, then if you don't not, put in the work. You don't put in the work. You're not here. For, you're not here for the business. I mean, you're yeah, not gonna be yeah. Rich. I mean, it's, it's it's all that, but it's just something. It was something to the nature of of um, oh, how do you get self validation when there's nobody around you who validates you? Okay. That's a good question. Well, I happen, I happen to ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> you have asked. You know what I'm saying? You well, here's the thing. They want to give me my own show. I think you have to be very clear why you're writing. If you're writing because you're wanting right. to make a bunch of money and That's be famous, right. mm -hmm. you're never going to be happy and there's True not going to be any real success. Like, That's I've right. been a writer since I was like seven. Mm -hmm. Like, when I used to script, I, when I used to make my own little, like, comic books and magazines. I draw my own little comic strips. I was making my own little paper dolls. Mm -hmm. I was doing, I was selling, I was doing, I was, I was going to write and I was a writer. I, I had already self-validated myself mm -hmm. before anybody said, hey, you might seriously think about being a writer. I was already a writer. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that from jump. I just didn't know what venue it would take the form of because I had other interests when I kid, but I always knew I was going to write and I was self-validated just by creating it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're there for making money, it's not going to work for you. If you're a real writer, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying a real, for real, for real writer. <laughs> um, you're going to write even if you never got famous or got paid or did anything. You're going to be doing now you something. Just, you just sparked something else on me. Something that I know we both hate. Mm -hmm. I can't stand when a young writer tells me, oh, I'm an inspiring writer. You know, because they're not claiming what you just said. I'm glad you just I, said You that. were seven saying mm -hmm. I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm glad you, know you just I mean? said that. And I still, I meet grown-ass 50-year-old people mm -hmm. who are talking about, oh, I'm a, I'm a, but you see it on Facebook all the time mm -hmm. or on Twitter mm -hmm. in their handle, aspiring writer. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? You Whatever. are a writer. You, you need to change that and say, I'm just yes. pretending. I'm playing. All right. I'm a co-writer. Yeah, I'm exactly. Playing. It's I'm just playing. a hobby. You say, say, oh, aspiring writer, parentheses, I'm just playing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh -huh. No, but I knew that. I just didn't know whether or not, because my, my dream was to become, if I was not going to be a marine biologist, veterinarian, um, unicorn space traveler. Because uh, she aqua woman, you because know. That. I was, uh, no, that was my dream. I was going to write like books and live and be a marine biologist. I can take care of baby dolphins. That was my life. I can still have it if I want it. But, you know, it was like I, I just didn't know, you know, I wanted to be the, the next Stephen King. Um, I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I was always writing. It was kind of like when we were talking to Jeffrey Reddick, and he was mm -hmm. talking about when he was young, when he was writing producers. I was doing the same thing. When mm -hmm. I was 13, mm -hmm. I was writing different strokes and <laughs> sending them my scripts. <laughs> and just like him, they would mm -hmm. send back, Tandem Productions yep. used to send back my script. Mm -hmm. I used to have it on like, I had the old Underwood with the onion skin paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh I didn't God. even have legitimate like, 
paper. Because, you know, my mama didn't know. She's like, oh, my baby's a writer. <laughs> Got She's me this. It. <laughs> I said, I need, I said, mom, I need some typing paper. I need some typing paper. So, of course, you know, mom maybe be on a budget. You know, she get the best paper she get. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. But all I knew was I was a writer, and this is what writers did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought scripts were supposed to look like plays. So I remember going to the library at 13. Okay, this is the play format. So I wrote a different stroke script and play, and play just kept form. sending it out. <laughs> I did not know what the word unsolicited mean. I'm glad I didn't because if I did, <laughs> I probably would have stopped. And it was that fearlessness. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm a writer. Y'all mm-hmm. don't understand. They mm-hmm. would send it back like, we're so sorry. Uh, we don't take uh, unsolicited manuscripts. Like I knew what the word manuscript was. Mm-hmm. I guess I could have looked up unsolicited. But I guess in my mind, <laughs> Like no bitches, you want to take the script. So instead of being like, oh, I, I should, I wrote another script and sent it. I sent so many scripts mm-hmm. that finally the producer, the producer himself, um, I think it was either Norman Lear, whoever was the head of uh, Tandem Productions at that time. They finally, it wasn't just the the, the secretary. It was finally the guy himself mm-hmm. said, look, <laughs> you. And I think my by then I might have said I was thirteen or something. Like, well, mm-hmm. I'm this, and he he was so cool. And I, he just recently passed away because I was looking up. I said I should take him to lunch or something like that. But he had just passed away. He had actually sent say, "Here's a name of a literary agent," mm. and gave me the information. I remember bugging the literary agent. Okay, the literary kinda, agent that's was kind so, of a referral. Yeah, wow. it was a referral. He's like, "Okay, you obviously don't understand." And mm-hmm. I guess once he realized how old I was, he was mm-hmm. just like, "All right, kid, you need to get yourself a literary agent." It's like, "What's a literary agent?" Mm-hmm. Off to the library I go, mm-hmm. and I just kept pestering that literary agent who was said nice things like, "This script." Um, has a lot of potential. Doesn't quite have the spark. <laughs> I remember that. I kept it. Oh, her name was, uh, what was her name? Something Kit, uh, something Kit, or was her last name? Eartha. Not Eartha. It was the Writers and Artists Agency back yeah. in the day before wow. when they were still doing powerful. literary. Yeah. yeah, but they were doing literary at the time, they too. Were hot. And, you know, they were doing, you know, scripts. So, you know, I was 13. You didn't know. But at, at that point, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a, I would be considered a real writer if I sold a script. At that age, I knew it was a writer because I was writing shit. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the correct shit. It might have been the stuff that would, was they give you, well, this is not for us right now. This is not really meant for but us. But you called yourself a writer? Or but I was, said? no, I, call, I was a writer. I'm a screenwriter. Okay. okay. And I, that okay. was my little quarry letter. I, okay. I looked at the word quarry. Quarry. Oh, okay. okay. I said, I am. Okay. My name is, and I, I should, I'm going to dig it up and show you guys. And I remember saying, my name is Lisa Lasan. <laughs> and Lisa Lasan Bennett. And I am a screenwriter. I am 13. I come from San Diego. <laughs> and this is the bestest script ever. <laughs> the bestest. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not saying that they stole my idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at they the, time, at the time, at the time <laughs> I started really heavily writing uh, my different stroke scripts. Mm. Janet Jackson had just got on there playing Charlene. Mm-hmm. She was playing um, Todd Bridges' girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I had wrote a pilot spinoff show that was so similar to the Cosby show where I had Charlene and it was like, uh, what was it called? Something Seven Angels. And basically it was um, two professional black working parents Mm -hmm. and their seven kids. And the Charlene character was one of the kids. Mm. And they were just like, you know, and it wasn't like I thought... Bill Cosby would be the father, but it's kind of like I kind of thought because you know they were doing like spinoff shows because you know yeah. Different Strokes is a spinoff from like what Facts of Life or Facts of Life, uh, Facts is, a Life is a spinoff. So they were doing from all kinds strokes. of spinoffs, so I thought, well, why not Janet Jackson? Why not a black spinoff with mm-hmm. Janet's family? Because mm-hmm. Janet's character was like you know this upper middle class Charlene, you know, and and we hadn't really seen that. And I was writing a script and I was sending it to him, and then like this was like eighty what eighty three, eighty four, and then many years later. I think it was what? When did the Cosby Show come out? 
Eighties, was it? I thought it was eighties. It was in the eighties. It was like 85? It was yeah. Whatever it came out, but I'm just saying it was oh, like. Oh yeah. I'm just yeah, saying that show, yeah, I was doing it. I was self validating myself as as a tele tele playwriter, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't need them to tell me, oh, you're. I, I knew it. Like I knew it in my gut. I just didn't know how it manifests. Yeah, you didn't quite understand yeah. the craft yet. And so I was never like, I'm an aspiring or I'm a, no, you writers write. Mm-hmm. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but writers write. But no, I mean, you know what? But you have to be a broken record because they have to receive that over and over. I tell people, and they think it's ludicrous, and I had to get this too, you have to put stuff on your wall. You have to put stuff on your mirror. You have to put stuff where you're seeing visually, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are visual. I am a writer. Mm-hmm. I might not get paid yet, <laughs> but I am a writer. Because when you start to, um, to embrace that, you are going to react differently to stuff, mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm an aspiring writer or whatever. Like, for instance, you guys are saying people are lazy. Well, if you are a writer, I need other writers who are like me, mm-hmm. who, will, who will help me. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily validate me, but help me to get to, because, period, life is a journey. Mm-hmm. So this career is going to be a journey. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So you have to, whatever it takes for you, listen very carefully. If it takes you putting a placard on the wall, if it ta- you've got to be able to Post look it. at that. It's yeah, po- mm-hmm. on the mirror. Yeah. Um, this is important. It sounds corny, sounds cliche, but put them on the wall because people think that, oh, yeah, I can just think about it. No, you can't. No, you can't. You have to see that. Mm-hmm. You have to see it on a daily basis. And you know what's funny? Almost everybody I know who is successful has done some something similar mm-hmm. to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, but think about whether, what you're whether it be whether it be sorry, whether no, it be f- the famous thing you hear about Jim Carrey writing writing that million dollar check to his father or whatever it is, <clears throat> whether it be something like that. Um, I remember when I was younger because I come, we all used to write poetry and all that. Mm-hmm. I used to write spoken word, and it always like told a clear story, and I didn't. Even, but it was like in a rhyme form. And I didn't realize anything about it, but when I first decided to write a script, and it took me years to decide to do it because of the validation thing, for years. You know, I was just sticking around being an actor, doing that, <laughs> knowing good as well. I would read the script and go, I know I know how to do this. I don't know how, but I just know I do. Mm-hmm. And it took me entering my script into Sundance and getting the validation of making it to the final cut mm-hmm. out of thousands of people at the top 20. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, maybe I am supposed to be doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm always encouraging people to try to do things like that. So you live in a small town, fucking submit to Austin. See how you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've been to Austin. You know what I mean? How, how, how go, good is that? Go to the film festival. Yeah, you could do yes. that too. And even if you haven't or don't have a, a, a recent script or something, or you're even thinking, "Hey, I'm," are you thinking about being a script? Surround yourself by those people and absorb that energy because mm-hmm. there's nothing more invigorating than you know. When I've been to Sundance, like there's nothing more invigorating than being around nothing but creative people. Sure. But creative people who want to write, direct, and make films who want to do it because they're passionate about it, mm-hmm. not because we're going to make a million dollars. I mean, yeah, that's a nice extra cherry on top mm-hmm. of that but there's a different energy when you're around other creative people who are excited and they're excited about what you're doing mm-hmm. and you feed off of that you've mm-hmm. got to kind of kind of nurture that and you have to have a vision for yourself as a writer a lot of us are very visionless True. I mean, I'm going to be going to, uh, this weekend, we're doing the symposium at Princeton. I'm going to be a part of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Black to the Future. You know, Ferguson is the future. And we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about um, 
social justice, but we're going to be talking about science fiction and having a vision for where mm. you want to be. Okay. And we're, we're using it in the, the context of science fiction. And one of the things that writers have to do is you really do have to do that, you know, that year from now plan, that five-year plan, mm-hmm. that six-year plan. And you actually have to create touchstones and actually commit to doing that. True. That's one of the hardest things, because you can dream all day and say, oh, I want to be a writer. But if you're just like, oh, I'm dreaming, and I'm going to do a writing, and I'm going to do this, months have passed by, and nothing has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. So you really have to set some clear goals and have that vision and actually write shit down. You're a writer. And, and, and write stuff why, down. <clears throat> write that's why down. I love... I don't know. We're all over the place on this episode, but just fucking listen. Um, <laughs> we're not actually, but because it's all yeah. I feel, I feel. yeah. Um, well, I'm about to take us off just for a second. <laughs> Shut up, bitches. Um, this is why I love talking about um, um, writer's block <clears throat> because I have a philosophy that there's no such thing as writer's, exactly. writer's block, and here's why. <clears throat> Excuse me, guy. I'm a little hoarse today. Here's my thing: if you can't write. So say you got a script and you can't write today, then you can read. And if you can't read, then you can write. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do either one of those, then you can listen. Mm-hmm. We have podcasts today. And if you can't listen, then you can watch. So there are four different things you can do. Mm-hmm. Four completely different things because you got to be in the mood for either one of those, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as one of those should be moving you forward in some capacity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And um, I was telling Lisa on, an, on another podcast before, I was being interviewed by um, these guys on The Breakdown Show. <clears throat> and we were having this conversation about this whole thing. And I gave him that whole, those four things. And he said, well, well it, what about just going to the beach and going for a walk? I said, go for a walk. But how long, are you, how long are you at the beach, bitch? <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? We talk about that. That doesn't exactly. remember. Yeah. How long are you walking yes. around the beach or whatever it is that you do that makes you escape yes. for a minute? You yes. still got to get the work done. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's going to take you 30 minutes to get to the beach. Put the yes. podcast in. Screenwriter's rant room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put the podcast in. Okay, if that don't work, you know, um, while you're at the beach, read like you do, mm-hmm. you know? You don't want to bring your computer? I get it. You could bring a book. You could bring a script. When I'm going to the beach, you know? I'm always listening to like some of my greatest ideas and cool stuff I get. Like literally, it's national public radio. Like literally, I was driving up here and I was listening to NPR and I got a title for a new short story okay. because I was listening to you know mm-hmm. you know BBC News stuff from global stuff and things start to filter. Even though you're driving, things are filtering in and my brain is constantly working. Mm-hmm. And you know, ideas, story titles. Um, when I do get to the beach, yeah, I walk. I kind of med- do a walking meditation, you know, in the water. I'm constantly reading. Research is considered writing, in my oh, opinion. It's, it's, it's part all. of the process. That's the biggest part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just don't get lost. And I, get, I tend to get lost. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm so fascinated by this subject. But it's like you're constantly <clears throat> doing things. And I agree with you. I don't believe in writer's block. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny people who think it exists and that's their crutch, whatever their thing is. Yeah. But for me, I'm always doing something. Like right now, I'm looking at a lot of my friends who are, you know, publishing a lot of short stories that are getting a lot of like nominations for big awards. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not putting out as many short stories as I probably could, mm-hmm. but I'm focused on other things too. Like, I'm writing for bitch flicks, I'm mm-hmm. constantly tweeting. I'm like a serial <laughs> tweeter. <laughs> but really? to me, that's writing though, because it's, it's getting writing. my thoughts. You get it's 90, my ideas. <laughs> <tweets, bitch. laughs> but, but you know, I'm interacting <laughs> with other people. Like, I think I follow like 2,000 people, mm-hmm. I think I have like 2,500 followers, but mm-hmm. I'm interacting globally with different people. 
I'm getting information from other people. Sure. When I'm looking up writer ideas, uh, other people who are recommending reading other scripts or short stories to keep my mind pumped. Like, what else is going on out there? Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's writing. That's doing that. I'm doing like working on my book, doing my screenplays. I'm constantly. And then when I get bored with something, like, oh, I think I'm stuck, or it's not so much stuck. Maybe I've just run out of steam at that moment. I mm-hmm. need to get up and work on something else. But let me ask you a question. <clears throat> and you can tell me this too, Kev. Because for me, when I... Because f- there are days. I'm not saying like, oh, I write every single day, right? But I do one of those things every day. That's right. I cannot help it. I drive my partner That's crazy. Right. I get up in the morning, there's a podcast on while I'm getting dressed. That's mm-hmm. right. Somebody, and I got like 30 of them that I listen to regularly. Mm-hmm. Somebody is playing on heavy rotation. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is... But if I know I need to write and I'm not in the mood to write, there are things that I can do to get myself That's in the right. mood. Right. And for me, and I've said this many times, there are two movies that get me going. Two movies. Let's hear it. I could either read the first sequence of the script, the first 10, 15 pages, or I'll watch the first sequence. Mm-hmm. First one is Dawn of the Dead with mm-hmm. Ving Rhames mm-hmm. and Mackay Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. That first opening is so <clears throat> fucking powerful to me. By the time they get to the mall, mm-hmm. I'm all in. And I've seen it a million times. Mm-hmm. But just the journey there, how everybody runs into each other and how it all, the tension, mm-hmm. the curiosity, it's got everything in there. And the second one is 30 Days of Night. With oh, my God. Do you know they've been, they've been showing that on the Sci-Fi Channel oh, yeah. and on the Chiller Network? Mm-hmm. It's been on like three or four times this yeah. week. I kid you not. But that I it that. comes on that opening. If I catch that the opening, first opening, I have to watch is it. it that good? I've seen that movie so many is times. That good? I can tell. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. I mean, I I I, I think it's one of the best. Uh, it's uh, so good in terms of uh, going from the source material to the screen. It's one of the best. It's on the money. And every it's time it gets, even though I've seen this bitch so many times, mm-hmm. it. The tone, how it is, that's one of the best. Like if the pilot for horror, The Walking Dead does it too for me. Yeah, The Walking Dead yeah. script does. Yeah. yeah, the pilot too, the actual the TV um, show pilot. So, so all I'm saying is, I guarantee you, each and every writer out there, the three of us in mm-hmm. here right now, there is some movie, TV show, something visually that you can watch that'll make kids. When I watch those, I feel like I can. It's not that I need to go and write another horror movie. I feel like I can write anything right, when right. I watch those. You know what I mean? So what's that thing for you? Go ahead, Kev. Two movies that I was just thinking about mm-hmm. that. Um, one is schlocky and cheesy, but I love it because it's such a clear, concise premise. Mm-hmm. Logan's Run. Oh, oh okay. yes. <laughs> Logan's Run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He It opens up. He's looking in the nursery, and his friend says, uh, you know, it's, he's looking at Logan 6. I guess he's Logan 5. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he says, you know, we get renewed. Because that was their big thing. Mm-hmm. Go on carousel, get renewed, even though they're being murdered. He goes, and he wasn't asking the question as if I'm a rebel. He's like, well, what makes you th-? He's just asking the question. What makes you think we automatically get renewed? And I'm looking at a character development here. Mm-hmm. Not that this character is... So defined that I am telling you that I'm going to fight this. He's just asking a question. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes to the computer, he kills a runner. Run, run on. He kills mm-hmm. a runner. And he's got the onk. He puts it on the thing. Character development. Mm-hmm. He's a man because they always tell you, listen, people, they tell you about your character has to be proactive and just that the other. Show Once us again, what he could do when we first meet him. But this mm-hmm. character kind of is going along with what's happening. He puts the onk on the computer thing and it says, Logan Six. Do you recognize this? And he goes, no, it is an unk. 
<laughs> he goes, okay. So they're telling you the rules. It's, yeah. Yes. This is an unk. It represents sanctuary. He goes, okay. Because mm-hmm. he's, just, he's just going along with it. And then he says, unk. He says, well, sanctuary goes, there are 1,034 unaccounted for runners. He goes, well, well, and this is where you start to, he starts to question, well, maybe they've been renewed. There are 1,034 oh, unaccounted for runners. Mm-hmm. You will go on a journey. You will find sanctuary. He still mm-hmm. is not like, oh, I'm going to just, he's like, the computer has told him, mm-hmm. this is your mission. Mm-hmm. You're going to go on a, on a mission to find sanctuary it's and telling destroy you the it. Internet early. That's all mm-hmm. you're going to do. You're going to destroy sanctuary. He wasn't like, oh, this is what, he's on a mission. And mm-hmm. as he goes on this mission and his friend chases him, mm-hmm. Because the friend doesn't know. You know, he gets the, the thing comes out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And he goes, will I get my, will I get my time back? Because I guess he's 23. Mm-hmm. And you die when you're 30. And he's like, you will be now a runner. And it starts to blink. Will I get my time back? And the computer is off. Doesn't say anything. So he has to go on this mission now, mm-hmm. right, to become a runner. And it isn't the fact. And it's very linear. Here's your task. Mm-hmm. Find sanctuary and destroy it. It's simple. It's simple. Mm-hmm. And as he's going in to find sanctuary, it isn't like it, it wasn't like massive revelations where he's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is it. He's just trying to find sanctuary to destroy so he can get his time mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that you guys should watch it. I know it's schlocky. Um, Michael, can't think of his name. Oh, uh, uh, from uh, Austin Powers. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, Mike, oh, God, God, I see his face. He was so fine back then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he, you know, he's a British thing. But when he comes back, once again, it still isn't about, I did, I'm going to destroy the computer. The computer, they catch him, mm-hmm. and the computer says, tell us where Sanctuary is. And they're, they're, um, they're sectioning his brain, and the, <laughs> the effect is so cheesy. But his, the image of him is rotating. He's going, there is no Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And the computer's like, that does not compute Logan 6. Mm-hmm. And he's like, old man he's, he's telling everything that he's seen it wasn't the fact that right. I but he's telling what you've seen this is what I'm talking about people study these things and what Hilliard mm-hmm. is speaking to and Michael York that's what I was thinking Michael, Michael York, York yes study these things was he in Clockwork Orange too no that was uh, the other Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm yeah. um, study these things you're not aspiring you're a screenwriter you're learning your craft you're learning the craft and when you're learning your craft when you're listening to the podcast when you're reading scripts when you're and it doesn't have to be podcast about screenwriting listen to podcast about oh, yeah. nature whatever that give you yeah, that them, give yeah. you stories mm-hmm. you have to find and the more you become enveloped with that mm-hmm. the more you will validate yourself but also Surround yourself by those creative things. Right. So that's one. What's the second movie? Second movie, you guys know, The Matrix. <laughs> Either people love The Matrix or they I hate, hate The Matrix. Yeah. But I love how he... It's an ex- see, we got a sci-fi head. It's <laughs> an example of, and we need to get her on the show too. Well, the Matrix is the the first one was the only good one. Well, <laughs> we, need to, we need to get we need me. to get her on the show, Miss Sophia Stewart. But um, how. He's, you know, it's, you hear the phone call and it's Cypher. We don't know who they are. They're talking mm-hmm. about, is, is this line tapped? I got to hang up. They hang up and there's all these numbers coming down. And then he wakes up. Keanu Reeves wakes up. People knock on his door. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we want to get, you know, they're like, their drug is whatever he's giving them. And then he goes to the club mm-hmm. and because somebody's typing mm-hmm. to him on the club, come meet me at the club or whatever. And mm-hmm. he goes to the club. We don't know anything who this person is. Go to the club. You're curious. 
You're curious, and she goes, I know you're looking for something. What are you looking for? What's the, what's the question mm-hmm. that you want an answer to? What is the matrix? That's what he says. And you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is he talking about? Mm-hmm. What is the matrix? Mm-hmm. And I know you think that you've been looking for Morpheus for him, but he's been looking for you. So you're drawn in. These are the things you need to learn. This, these are the things that you grasp that will give you the courage, that will give you the strength, and that will give you your self-validation as you become better mm-hmm. and better at them. By reading these scripts and going, I can do that. It's on the page, too. Yeah. It's and we're talking about the movies, it's on but the it's page. on the page. It's on the page. Yes. For me, my two are definitely, it's The Thing and Sexy Beast. The Thing, oh, number one, yes. because Love the thing. one, it's like the best horror movie ever. It's because <laughs> when it starts. Which one? The, Kurt Russell. The, the 1982. Okay. John Carpenter. The original's cute. Yeah. But John Carpenter took Kurt it Russell to a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Russell. John yeah. Carpenter took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Kurt Russell and the uh, the wonderful cat daddy himself, <laughs> Mr. Keith David. Keith mm-hmm. David. Who was awesome, who actually tweeted me back on Twitter the other day. Did he? Because mm-hmm. wow. he was talking about, he showed a picture of himself on the new TV series he's going to be on. And I'm uh, like, Mega huh? church or whatever. And he looks fantastic as always. And I said, How you? I said, Sir, I think you are a vampire. <laughs> and I said, uh, Because how are you going to be up on here still looking like 1982? <laughs> and he said, uh, Good black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I just say, when you talk about the thing, the Morgan, you know the, Nor- the Morgan Freeman story about the thing when he went to audition for the thing? Mm. He, Morgan Freeman, supposed to have Keith Davis part. He went into audition for the thing, mm-hmm. and they said, "Did you read the script?" He said, "Yeah, I read the script." And he said, "They said, what do you think?" He said, "You've got twelve people in this thing, nine are scientists or whatever. You got a cook, a janitor, and whatever." Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the part of the pe- the, the the servant. Yes. How the fuck do you think I feel? Really? He, said, he went in. Needless yeah. to say, I didn't get I did that get part. part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's like, you know, that was his whole thing. His whole thing was, we don't, we aren't, we don't have to be the janitor and the baker and the whatever. Although, and then he drives Miss Daisy a couple of years. And later. then he drives Miss Daisy. <laughs> but that was you know. the thing. But anyway, back to the thing. <laughs> but uh, anywho, <laughs> Keith David got it. But anyway, I mean, if it don't start, don't start, don't start none. It won't, won't be none. none. <laughs> okay. But no, for me, for the thing, the 1982 version, John Carpenter is because when it opens, first of all, it's this gorgeous. It's nothing but snow. White. And I love mm-hmm. movies because, I, for number one, I know it's difficult as hell to film in real snow mm-hmm. and weather like that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, it already gave me a sense of dread. That's right. From jump. That's right. Because Ambiance. they're chasing... Uh, it's either, still claustrophobic. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. either, it was mm-hmm. either a Malamute or a... Uh, um, was the other ones they call husky. it? A husky. Oh, so yeah, we'll yeah, say yeah. a husky. Mm-hmm. So it was a husky. So you have this gorgeous white snow. So I'm already feeling scared, like, okay, there's no houses, there's nothing, where is this? And then you see this gorgeous dog. I'm a dog lover. The dog is running, and then you have a helicopter that's flying and chasing. Now, first of all, you got my curiosity. <laughs> Why the fuck are these people chasing a dog? <laughs> and my first thought, are they hungry? Mm-hmm. Is this the food source? You got a helicopter, couldn't you fly to McDonald's? Like, what is the problem? <laughs> and the fact that the dog has a certain intelligence, because the dog stops, mm-hmm. looks, Looks at the other people, mm-hmm. and then you have like two foreign entities. So you've got like the standoff. You got like mm-hmm. these Americans who are like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, what's going on?" They're shooting up the stuff, and then you've got like these other foreign people who are like talking a different language. I can't remember. It must have been either Russian or something else, and they end up killing themselves by accident. And so you got this dog, and there's like this this sense of intelligence behind the dog. So I was hooked already, and I'm mm-hmm. already nervous because it's obvious that they're in a place where they can't get away. Mm-hmm. Because you're in the snow, mm-hmm. and you've got this dog who's acting really, yeah, it's contained. Mm-hmm. And you've got this dog that's acting really kind of 
strange. <laughs> and you got 12, you got, well, at least 12 men. You got men. Mm-hmm. And anytime you got men locked in one particular space, men don't know how to act. Nope. There's going to be some trouble some popping off. Struggle. So to me, you've already got me hooked. He just got me hooked. Just a claustrophobic feeling, the feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. And I was already there. And plus it's John Carpenter. Who, what's, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. But in terms of just cinematic, just getting me into the story, that. For so sex, when, you, when, you, when you watch that, you feel like you can write anything? Oh, I feel like I can write any horror yeah. movie. Like a, a good horror movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sense of character development, especially with so many characters, because even though they had a large cast mm-hmm. for the thing, I felt like everybody was distinct. That's right. And that's freaking difficult. Yeah. It's like over 12 dudes. Was it really? Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. I see, yeah. I, that's what Morgan Freeman said, 12 characters. And then, the, wow. and then the, to be able to... To, to, I mean, and then the just, monster. And the monster and the, you know, the special effects. But right. just in terms of the groupings of the shots and how, how do you film that? Like, it's one of those ones where I go back and study it now. Like, okay, you got the group shot. You got, how do you film all of that and get, how do you get all, all that, that coverage? Spot? Yeah, how do you get all that coverage mm-hmm. without losing the story mm-hmm. and having all these different characters? And there's physically, they're very distinct. Sure. How they talked is very distinct. Mm-hmm. It was just brilliant filmmaking. And it always makes me feel like, fuck, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, and that's why I think I was so geeked out when 30 Days of Night happened. The same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Snow, you know, it's it getting dark, the sense that. of dread, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, that's got to be one of the best high concept ever. Let me tell you another. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me tell you another one that you will probably like. So this is what we're talking about: self validation. And when you self validate, you one of the things that I came to embrace was you can do whatever you want in your script. Just make it plausible. Well, you sure. know, right. just make it work. Right. Um, I was recently told by Miss Pilar Alessandra <laughs> and other people. Um, Here's my boon and my bane. Because we are people on the cusp. We're mm-hmm. not, you know, Riddick and mm-hmm. Brandon and whatever. They're, they're quote unquote, and they're still getting their hustle on. Right. So we're on the cusp, except for you. You're award winning. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> um, but um, uh, you just went to Austin this year, I, bitch. I don't uh, well, I hope to go this year. I went la- the last, last year. Years. Whatever. Um, so here's, here's the thing. Um, hell, what was I going to say? I forgot. So you're getting those hot up in here. <laughs> anyway, uh, gee. Oh, I was told that I, I went to pitch to a manager. Mm-hmm. And the manager told me that, you know, the idea was high concept, oh. but my script was unfinished. Now, Pilar is always telling us, submit your script, even though you guys think it's not good. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. She says, submit your script, even though you guys think it's not good. I'm telling you, as a former D-girl, mm-hmm. that... Even though it's not good, and I don't know if you heard her say this, submit it because what they're getting is still kind of um, not realized completely. Oh, yeah. They want to develop it anyway. Right. Is they want to help develop. Yeah. Well, this, these are the contests and stuff like yeah. that. So she goes, so, so submit them anyway. So this is, once again, self-validation, like uh, Hilliard and Lisa are saying, read these scripts, listen to these podcasts. So one of the things I embraced, what she said, so she said, your, Kevin, your thing is that you do these concepts and people want to sell stuff, and they're not easily graspable. Mm. So they've got to be graspable. So let me tell you about a script that's so that you would like. It's called Yellowstone Falls. So, 52 pages. Wait, Yellowstone pages. Falls? That title alone is not even... The script is 52 pages. So it must be hella action in it. Is it a horror? Horror. Oh, well, of course. And guess what it's about? Uh, the town, let me tell you, let me read this. Go ahead. The town went wild for a highly unusual combination. Embrace your ideas and make sure they make sense by sending them out. 
In a heated bidding war, QED emerged victorious and acquired Yellowstone Falls, a spec script by Dan Kunks. Um, the script is unusual in that it was 52 pages with few human characters and essentially no dialogue. Is it animals? The action begins after an apocalyptic event that saps the humanity from most of the mutated humans that remain. At its core, it's the story of a mother wolf separated from her mate as the rest of the pack flees for safety, is forced to defend her cubs from the oncoming swarm of mutated human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Mutated. So are zombies. Think about, think about what was it that Liam Neeson did. The, and oh, always, the, people are always going to be sympathetic to animals, too. because mm-hmm. And she's a mother with cubs. Yes. And oh, mutants. Yeah. So 52. So people, there is hope. Think about your idea. He's got sold or is it being made right uh, now? Got sold six against seven figures. Mm-hmm. A bidding war. Let's it, tell the people what six against seven means. Okay, so six is like, and, and, and these are, in, and, let's, and let's be clear about what this is. Okay, so when you get six against seven figures, it's like they'll say, we're going to buy it for $500,000 mm-hmm. against a million. Mm-hmm. If, it's so produced, if it's made, then you get a the million dollars. But even, even the six against the seven figures, let's be clear here, mm-hmm. they will do it in steps. They will say, yeah. we're going to give you 25, yeah. yep. and then when you get your 25, then we're going to get a rewrite out of you. Right. And then the rewrite's going to give you this much money. Then we get a polish. There's steps. Right? There's, steps. Yeah. There's steps. If it doesn't get taken and give it to somebody else. Yep. So remember people as, you, people as you're writing, once again, you got to self-validate. Because yeah, we arm read your, that and we're like, ooh, he yeah. made. Right, right. He made yeah, 500000 Once again, no, self-validation. Arm yourself with this knowledge, mm-hmm. okay? Somebody just sent me, mm-hmm. I should send this to you, the Sony hacked emails. Really? And they were like, read these because it talks about deal memos, mm-hmm. what's working, what's not working, how the steps work, right. that kind of thing. Okay. Arm yourself with as, with as much information as you can. Eric Koenig, another guy who did Launchpad. Here's another thing you guys should be doing, as Hilliard and Lisa have already ex- espoused. Contest. Launchpad tracking board started, I guess, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. This guy, Eric Koenig, sold a, he said, 11 days. 11 days, he's, he's a United States Air Force dentist. Mm-hmm. He worked 50 hours a week, and on the weekends, he'd write 10 to 12 hours a day. Okay, I like him. <laughs> 10 to 12 yeah, hours a day. He said, I would love to say that Matriarch was the first draft of the first script I ever wrote, but it wasn't. <laughs> I'd written several scripts before and several drifts after in different genres. Mm. The elevated thriller genre is what I like to write and like to see at the movies. But I've dabbled in other genres. You've got to find your, your you niche. Yeah. You've got to do the yeah. work. This is what gives you validation. And even when you do that and you go, wow, is this, is this any good? Is it any mm-hmm. good? Then you send it out to me because he did that. He didn't go to any classes because mm-hmm. he was somewhere else. But he got his hands on every book he could Every podcast, mm-hmm. every blog, mm-hmm. and when he, people talk to him, Jeanette Bowman, mm-hmm. um, going to the story, final draft, he would say to them, I used to read your blog. Mm-hmm. It was real brilliant. I loved it. I loved it. And, he, and he's so, when you read about him now, he's so humbled and he's so like, there's got to be a way, because I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. There's mm-hmm. got to be a way for us to get in. But once again, you've got to validate yourself. This is a man that worked 50 hours and then wrote. So what happens is he places in the top 25, not the top three mm-hmm. of the tracking board. Oh, really? Top 25 gets a manager and an agent 
Friday they said, well, the we top like 25. 525. Top 25. Interesting. And, and the launch pad contest. Okay. okay. They do the first, second, and third place. So he was like a finalist. I guess a uh, top 25. Well. What is that? What is, what is it? You're not even a finalist. You just. No, he made it to the top 25. The top five. The top, top 25 would probably be the finalist. And then you get down to. The three. The, the top three. Right. Well, maybe the quarter finalist? Uh, well, no, I don't know how they okay. do it. Okay. But, you know, the, you, know you think yeah. the top three are right. going to get. But right. he was the one. So he gets a manager okay. and an agent. <laughs> On a Friday, they said to him, um, and once again, like you're saying, he was accustomed to working mm-hmm. 10 to 12 hours on the weekend, writing his thing. You, this is what's going to validate. This is going to give you he had the, a regiment. the right, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the, the courage, the confidence, right? So um, they said on Friday, they gave him some changes. Mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, he wrote those changes and sent it to them Saturday afternoon. Monday morning, they sold the script to Paramount. Wow. It is called Matriarch. And, the, and then he most said, people have been like, give me a month. Give me a, yeah, give me a month. Yeah. He sold, yeah. they sold the script to Paramount, and it's, a, it's like Silence of the Lambs with two female leads. Oh, okay. Um, but he said, but then I, I had submitted another script to, I forgot, Paige or something like that. That mm. one didn't even place. Mm-hmm. This one placed. So you see how that discouragement yep. didn't stop him. Yep. He's like, well, that one didn't place, but this one placed. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to work with this. I've seen, I've heard managers say, I didn't like the script had needed work, but I liked his voice. Mm-hmm. Once again, people, you have to find your niche. You have to find what works mm-hmm. for you. You have to work at it. This is not like, I'm going to be rich tomorrow. Now, they asked him, how long has it been? He said three years, which is short. Right. And, you know, right. and, and these years. But he's working. And now what is he doing? He's going around having the meet and greets. Right. You know, looking for open assignments. Mm-hmm. But... For you to get to those things and they'll tell you, uh, you know, like you said, I've been to Austin a couple of times and they have like tables, round tables where the managers and the agents sit and talk to you. And one of the guys from Paradigm, Bruce Boxerbaum, mm-hmm. said, look, I know it sounds cliche, uh, not Bruce, his name is whatever, Boxerbaum, I can't think of his name. Nice guy, though. I know it sounds cliche, write the best thing and we'll come to you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to you well, yeah. because cream rises to the it's top. It does. Cream rises to the top. But it's you've got to get, you know, this guy got, um, he sent his scripts in to be critiqued by some of these places, mm-hmm. you know, blacklist and all that kind of stuff. And he said, if I got four notes kind of mm-hmm. like the same, I knew, he said, I threw out the entire third act wow. of my script, mm-hmm. 25 pages, threw it out. That's what you guys have to do. And, and, and don't get upset. Don't get, you know, bent out of shape when somebody says your stuff is shitty. I mean, this is all go. I mean, you still have to have confidence in the self-validation. Because it'll find a home. Like, it, or it'll get better or you'll get better. It'll because get Because better. one of the things you, I have to learn, too, is that just because one or two different places didn't like that work, it wasn't a fit for them. That's There's right. a place for it someplace That's else. Right. And mm-hmm. a lot of people get discouraged like, oh, these places didn't like it. It must be horrible. You just have to think, well, maybe it's not for them. And that's how I think of it now. When I'm submitting things for short stories and things or, or uh, essays, it's like, you know what? It didn't make a home. It didn't work there. It'll find a home someplace else. There's a place for it, you know, eventually. But to jump uh, finally on the last thing you said in terms of self-love, it's one of the things that I always harp on in terms of self-love. Part of self-love is self-investment. That's you right. have to invest. A lot of us that's out right. there, and you know who you are, you will not spend the money to go do the stuff you that's need right. to do. 
That's okay? Right. And I, 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 it pulls my hair out when I hear people like, oh, well, I have to go do this. I said, and I tell them, well, this is how much it's going to cost you to go do this. Oh, it costs that much? Oh, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you will spend money and waste oh, they money get that Gucci on bag, other stuff. Whatever, wouldn't they? But won't invest. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. Honestly, people, it is not, it's, it, and you have to invest a budget. Like if, when you're entering contests, you put that money aside in That's your budget. Right. Let's yeah. say, okay, this year I wasn't able to enter a bunch of contests. Let's say, that you're, let's say you're saying that. Then for the following year, like we said, you got to have a vision and a game plan. Then you're going to say, all right, pick out the top five contests you're going to enter next year. Find out how much they cost. Budget that into your budget. Mm-hmm. That is an investment in your future, okay? Just like if you're playing the stock. Sometimes the stocks go up. Sometimes you lose in the stock. Sometimes yeah. you win in it. But you have to invest in yourself. And some of you motherfuckers out there are lazy. Let's just get with it. <laughs> and will not spend money real. on something that will help you. And wait a minute. It's not just you money. Will not, yeah. It's not just money. And the time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Even even (laughs) if you just, I am doing a new Kickstarter campaign. Look for it. It's for my animated thing called The Barriers, which I am bringing back into existence. But we sat down. Me and Miss Renee Rawls Mm -hmm. have been working on um, the Kickstarter campaign for the last, like, two weeks. Mm -hmm. One day we spent from 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 that night working on it. Is it finished? No, <laughs> you have to, once again, like you said, putting right. in that time, when I'm writing and write, I am a writer, mm-hmm. I've got to make sure, one of the things I can appreciate about uh, Twitter is that it makes you concise. Right. So I have to make sure you overwrite, 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 and then you condense it so your audience can read it. It yes. has to be compelling. Yes. It has to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It has to be, so that's an investment of time. Mm-hmm. I'm, when we're finished here, mm-hmm. I'm going to work on it again today. I want to get it up and running. Mm-hmm. But I can't get it up and running until I get it at least where I feel validated mm-hmm. that it's going to bring mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. money. Because you look at people who are successful, and you're like, and you read their thing, and you're like, it just didn't take two seconds for them to do that. Right. Invest that time, effort, and energy in yourself. People won't do it. I'm telling you. I've seen so many talented people out here. They're like, I've got that. And I'm thinking... If I had what you had, mm-hmm. I would already, I'm just like, I don't understand. It's like, oh, well, I'm just not, I'm not going to go there and do this and do that. I just don't have time. Oh, it's just going to cost me too much money, you know? And I'm just like, no. And like when I go to my OBS meetings, I see my friends like, oh, you're going to this film festival or you're entering, wow, you, I saw you entered a bunch of contests or you're doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, because I planned the year before. I budgeted mm-hmm. it. That's right. Okay? They're like, how are you able to go do all these conferences and do all this other stuff? Because I budget, bitch. I sit there and I say, look. No, no, let's get it real. It's important to you. Yes. It's important to you. Thank you. That's right. Let's just get real. Because if it was important, I love myself enough to know that I'm making time for me. That's you right. make time for everybody else in the way ain't doing yeah. nothing for you. You got to invest in you. And, and people are like, oh, you're traveling. You must have a lot of money. No, it's just I invest in me and I, I believe in myself and this is what I want to do. So I this want is to the it. only, I'm not going to say it's the only business. It's one of the industry, whether you're a writer, director, actor, or whatever is one of those industries that people have so much self-entitlement that it's pitiful. And, and it brings out the most lazy, the most, oh, I just came here to be the star. Oh, I just thought I wrote that one. Can you I meet that? some people who are like, oh, I'm just writing this one script. I'm like, why write? Wait a minute. I, what do you mean you, you're just you writing just, this you one just, wait, script? Wait, wait. You just said something to me that is so... 
I, because I don't think this way, but the amount of people that think the way think you about just how many said, people you met, right? Who said they're writing one? The thing that you just said, uh-huh. and I'm like, well, I don't even. I only hang out with people who <laughs> do all the stuff. Understand, <laughs> right? But what you just said, and that's not because I'm better than them. It's yeah. just that 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 energy is too draining for right. me. I, I, right. My energy and time is finite. <laughs> but you just said something that's interesting. Where when I'm sitting down, I'm like, when I go to Austin and we're having these meetings, and I'm like, you're still on that? Like, people are frightened. I don't want anybody to read my script uh-huh. because I've only got this one. And you listen to these managers mm-hmm. on these podcasts, as mm-hmm. Hilliard said, listen to these podcasts mm-hmm. with these managers, scripts and scribes mm-hmm. and, and whatever. I'm trying, August, to get, I'm trying to get it. John August, I'm trying to get some managers to come in here and talk. I here. need some. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them in Because I had two of them who was going to come, and one of them ain't in the business no more. That's how it happened. Oh, I'm yeah, trying to get them in here. But um, they're talking, and they're saying things like, you have got to work. When, they asked one guy, they said, how many scripts should a person have? He said, at least two good ones. At least. At least two good ones. And you need, if I sign That's you, the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum. Bare, bare minimum. That's, that's, and if I'm that's signing you, you, that's you yes. pretending to be If right. I'm signing you, you need to be generating an idea every six months. Mm-hmm. You need to be generating ideas every six months. This that's for a feature. Okay. If you're a feature writer. Yeah, if you're a feature writer. If you're writer. doing TV, you need to three be pulling months. out three two months. pilots and a right, spec at least right. three months. Yeah. Right. Every year, yeah. yeah. You, need to be, you need to be working on that. So it's that that when, when I hear that, I'm like, we're still having this conversation mm-hmm. about I've only got this one thing. I've only got, you know, uh, I've been working on it for 10 years. I blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. I wrote a script and have a producer creative partner mm-hmm. hey lynn sutherland big ups um lynn did baby's kids and mulan too and other stuff and lynn wanted to write the book to the to the script mm-hmm. i was like have at it i'm not gonna do it <laughs> go on. you you do your thing and she goes she's going to these this woman's camp that was in mexico and whatever mm-hmm. meeting all these women that write and whatever and the woman said oh i want to um hook you up with a literary agent, Mm -hmm. a publisher or whatever. Do you find all of those venues and keep, because nowadays in this time, in this day and era, there are so many platforms. It's called multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Multi, what's the thing they call it? It's not it's multimedia. Platform. Multimedia, yeah. Right. Multi-media. So you know, you've got graphics, books, novels, digital, web, but, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. once again, you've got to be, make yourself Understand these principles because it's called. We talk about this at all the time. Show business. Yep. How much of it is business? How much of it is show? Uh, okay, because if you're just showing out, you ain't gonna be in the business. <laughs> all right. You know what I say to you? If you acting like that, it's gonna be like this. <laughs> so you, you need to embrace the I mean we can't say this enough people you it's more than a notion to just say I'm an aspiring writer I think I'm a writer you've got to be the writer and okay it's yeah. got to be everything yeah, to you yeah like the other day I was up here and I was like trolling around doing some stuff and uh, I think we had taped on the podcast and I was mm-hmm. trying to call Kevin mm-hmm. and I could not get Kevin on the phone <laughs> like literally I, we had taped the podcast I said I'm going to be here and I was like Kevin I went to Kevin's house mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't, it's too hot I don't feel like getting out and going up to the apartment door let me just text this fool like I'm like damn I'm gonna spend like ten hours, and this boy ain't got Kevin back had to a me. booty call there. He didn't and no, and so when I got, when I finally drove back home, and he was like, "Hey," I said, "Nigga, I was up there looking for you, <laughs> so we can have because you know I like to have lunch with Kevin and chop mm. it up." And and he was like, "I was writing." 
I had a deadline. Okay, he like bitch. My phone he was, was off. no. He was not. <laughs> you, you say, okay, say that again. His what? His phone was. Thank off. you. He was like had committed. And he's like, mm-hmm. I am writing. Nothing would distract because it's like not that That's I'm hurt. I do. When I'm writing, okay. I turn off. my there's because no internet on. And I'm not saying my feelings were hurt. Yeah. It's just that I'm not around people a lot, mm-hmm. so most of my friends are happy to see me when I'm around because they don't get to see me. I'm not in town a lot, so when they see me, it really is a blessing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a gift. And I was kind of like perturbed. Like, like, I drove two hours. This Negro, <laughs> not even willing to have lunch. Kevin's not gonna have lunch with me. What is going on? Like she fell in some kind of way. Can I, like, can I tell you where I was when we were riding? We were. Uh, Renee was working on her Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. and I was working on Nosh to turn into a for the contest yeah. the next day. Yeah. Which then they turned around and said we have um, extended the deadline. Always happen. And I was upset because I had worked all that time, and I said, "Well, I could use those two weeks to do blah blah blah." So I wrote to them uh-huh. and I said, "Can I submit?" They're like, "Yeah, you can resubmit mm-hmm. if you want to pay again." So I have a consult with Pilar mm-hmm. on Saturday, right. and if she gives me the notes because I remember right, you said I right. took some notes from Pilar and everything she said, right. I always tell people this. I said, Bola Kaja said to me, everything Pilar said, I put it in and you became a, what, semi-finalist? Yeah, or one finalist, of the nickels. When, when I submitted to something else and it's like right. nothing happened and I, right. I didn't listen to her. Mm-hmm. Right. And she said, I said, you know, let me go up and... And she did it. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And it was like, boop. So that. I said I that. Like, mm-hmm. So I said, I said, you know what? I have a consult this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to incorporate everything into the script. And the new deadline is the 15th, which is Tuesday. Okay. I'm going to sit my ass down, mm-hmm. put all her notes in there. And mm-hmm. the guy said, well, you can resubmit it. And it's going to be $95. And it's mm-hmm. not, but I'm investing the $95 mm-hmm. But you're putting that money in. I'm putting that money into yeah. it, although I paid $85. Right. But I'm just $95, no, he I said, mean... and your script will be read independent of the other one. Mm-hmm. So know that. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Because after she gives me the notes, mm-hmm. I'm going to incorporate them. I'm going to work on those things, put them in there, and pay that money. Once again, like they're saying, people, invest in yourself. That's $180. Yep. Mm-hmm. Invest in yourself. But if it gets me a manager and an mm-hmm. agent and a look-see, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, let me tell you something about voiceovers. I've said this before on this podcast, this very podcast. When I was taking classes, taking classes, I was broke. I was a broke at mofo, <laughs> you know, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was paying for classes, you know, they were expensive or whatever. And they kept saying to me, one class, one job will pay for your classes. Yeah. Or one, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, right. When is that going to happen? Let me tell you. It did. Mm-hmm. It happened. Mm-hmm. And that one voiceover job paid for every class that I ever took. <laughs> mm-hmm. So once again, invest in yourself, self-validate, self-love, all of that. You mm-hmm. guys, it, it, self-validation comes from the self-love, from the investing in yourself, from knowing your craft, from becoming more confident in what you're doing. Can I say something? <clears throat> this is just for all the naysayers, by the way. Um, First of all, let's be clear. We're talking about investing in yourself with classes and other things. Just know that investing in yourself is just about you investing. It doesn't mean you have to take classes to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to do competitions to invest in yourself. It could just be you, research mode, reading scripts, 
you know, reading That's books, right. whatever it is to let you learn, you know, working on your writer's group. For me, group, for example, one thing, if one thing investment, it could be something like, for example, I have been doing some research on a, a, a particular real life person mm-hmm. and I need to get access. So I pay money to get articles that have been archived. Mm-hmm. I paid money for that. Mm-hmm. And that particular script got me placed. And it was like, mm-hmm. because I paid that. It was like, yeah. oh, well, I can kind of fudge. It's like, no, I kind of want to know. And, and I paid the money you, for it. That yeah, was an investment. Yeah. So like you said, investment can be in the form of anything, not just Correct. the classes. It could be, a, it's about it could be travel. It's about time. Yeah. It's like, hey, I need to go. Know, hey, how am I going to write about something if I've never been there? Go to a city. You know, go visit. Yeah. You know. And let's just be real. I mean, like my, my first script that I ever wrote, Rebel Yell, I'd never been to England at that time. You know what I mean? But you can go online and look at the, you know what I mean? Look at the bird's eye view. At, wait, you can get the bird's eye view, zoom in and be looking at zoom people. Hey, in. hi, hi. Okay, motherfuckers be walking by <laughs> okay. the streets and shit. Well, it's you know technology, I mean? like you said, blog to talk to people who are in England. Yeah. I have a friend in Liverpool now, and he is mm-hmm. always, he's just a clown. In fact, thanks for retweeting high end friend adventures. Um, <laughs> he's in Liverpool, he's, he's high end. Um, and technology has made you a global denizen people take mm-hmm. advantage of that talk to people from all over get those experiences mm-hmm. everywhere so. up. Mm-hmm. well on that note y'all know how we do it on the rant room thank y'all very much kev where can people find you at people can find me at is it killer underscore don't look at me you don't know you, you still are. don't know killer underscore brew killer underscore brew on twitter at twitter, twitter. At twitter. <laughs> kev look at me where am I <laughs> She's like I'm on Facebook but I ain't never on there so uh, yeah I'm always surprised because right? Kevin I, I always chalk it up to Kevin must be really writing and getting busy because he's not even <laughs> tweeting anything because when you tweet like oh look at Kevin I know all of a sudden, <laughs> so all of a sudden like, oh, all, he'll come out there week, all of a sudden all of a sudden you'll favor something like, like, yeah. like you don't know how to push the retweet button why you favor it sometimes you do it and it's like if you change your avatar and I haven't seen you tweet in a while I'm like who is this <laughs> I try to get paid. Like, oh, that's Kev. Mm-hmm. Lisa, Lisa, where you at? Uh, I am. Where am I? <laughs> I am also. Twitter. I am on Twitter all the time. You can find me lurking uh, with uh, Geek Soul Brother and Black Girl Nerds and Graveyard Shift Sisters and Nerdgasm. All the whole crew, all the all my writer friends on Twitter, and you can also find me on Bitch Flicks, where I write film reviews with a feminist... What's next? What's coming up? Intersectional. Uh, oh, actually, thanks for reminding me. I have a do... I actually did um, a review for the film um, The Tribe Okay. that I saw weeks ago mm-hmm. and I had to put in, and um, I'll have another one coming up go, soon. Go find her one on Straight Outta Compton. That's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that's out right now, Straight Outta Compton. Um, and yeah, I'm there, and uh, like I said, I'll be in Princeton this weekend, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully, I'll have some brand new short stories out being published that you can check out some new sci-fi stuff that I've been working on. Cool. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest, and you guys can find me on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest. <clears throat> you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR. If you have any questions for any of us, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. And please go on Facebook. We appreciate y'all every week, so tune in to us next time. Keep it street. God damn it. <laughs> Hold on one second. And I promise to keep it. Keep it street. <laughs> keep it opinionated. And keep it what? 2015. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Ciao. Oh, yes.
so you wanna be a rider Well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. 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 Room.